0: Hello, happy Monday, July the 25th, I believe this is. And as um, we've just wrapped up the book of Apocrypha, the Apocryphal books, we have a lot of people that have sent in a couple of questions about why do we need ministers? Why would we hire ministers? Is it okay to have ministers? And also other things, such as having Sunday schools and the like. So let's talk about this for a bit. First of all, ministers. The question comes down, well why should we hire a minister or is, it, is hiring a minister just hiring somebody to do your Christian work for you? I believe there's some legitimate fear of that. You see I've been in places where the church people this didn't really have to do much except show up. It was, it was attendance and abstinence. I called them AA churches. Show up and don't do this list of things and then you're good. It also helped if you, if you gave uh, and gave generously. That helped a lot. But basically show up, behave. That's all they, they really wanted. It was a minister who would go visit the sick. It was a minister who would do a prison ministry. It was a minister that would set up a food pantry. You know, we hired him. We're busy. That is a problem. And I don't see anything good or anything acceptable about that at all. But then why hire a minister? First of all, that's never been an issue. Prophets in the Old Testament, rabbis all the way through, even to Jesus's time, were supported by their students. Jesus himself talks about uh, those who support him, and scripture brings up that it wasn't just the men, that there were some wealthy women who funded Jesus's ministry. Therefore, hiring and feeding and caring for a minister was very well known there. Jesus himself says, don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn. So you got this ox and he's tied to this beam that goes across and is is linked into a millstone. You've got grain under the millstone on top of another stone. And as the ox goes around and he's threshing and he's grinding for you, every so often there's gonna be grain that falls in front of him. And there would be people that would be saying, that grain is what we're here for. Uh, we're not going to let it, the ox have it. You know, the oxen have grass. It's an ungulate. It can, it can get more out of the grass than we can. So they would muzzle the ox. And Jesus says, don't do that. He's working for you. He deserves to eat. And that was actually a really common theme in the Old Testament and Leviticus and in Deuteronomy caring for the animals or caring for anybody that works for you and the book of isaiah says that caring for the people around you the poor and your employees is the true way of fasting in other words instead of giving up food for a day what god really wanted (coughs) was for you to treat your workers fairly and to pay them well and to care for them and about them and he goes on quite a riff about that in isaiah true fasting Paul was criticized uh, from some in Corinth they were saying he was he was in ministry for the money and he talked about how he'd never asked anything from them and that he'd even taken a job working with tents which evidently was a trade he had learned as a young man Um, he had done that to help supplement his income but then he also brings up that he was given money from this church, this their cities, this city, that city, from these people, the people had come to bring him. So he, uh, he was receiving funds while he was their rabbi, their teacher, their writer. And throughout history then, we've had people that would say, all right, you know, we're not gonna learn the ancient languages. Or we're not going to be able to read the books that you can read. But we want people to help us serve God well. So if you hire a minister who engages you in the work, wants you as part of the work, wants you to to do what Christians do, well then you're doing fine. There was in the early years of American religion something called the American Restoration Movement it still exists in the Churches of Christ, the Independent Christian Churches, and to some degree in the Disciples of Christ, and some spin-offs of all of those. And there were some groups there that believed, they were called the Mutual Edification Group, a very small part of what would later become the Church of Christ, and then they became a small part of that. The ME Churches, or the Mutual Edification Churches, believed it was sinful to hire a minister because it would lead to, laziness on the part of the people. Uh, They had a point, uh, but it's not a scriptural issue if we all remind ourselves to be at work. The Amish, by the way, have a very similar thing. They don't pay their minister. They have an election and they choose the minister, but the minister, it's kind of like a a lot has fallen. I'm I'm not going to suggests that all Amish do it the same way but it's rather like a bit of dice has been thrown and that number came up. And the, the minister has to read a certain amount and say a certain thing every Sunday but they have no training and the Amish people I've talked to have said that their worship is the most mind-numbingly boring unhelpful part of their week. That's and, and that had by the way has been unanimous and you can find documentaries that show you how this is all done. If you look for them on Netflix has a few, I don't subscribe to Netflix anymore, but you can, I'm not suggesting you don't, um, you know, you have to choose, right? But you can find these, uh, documentaries, um, documentaries anyway. So it's all about what do you hire them to do? Here's another example. There are those that just really opposed Sunday schools. Now Sunday schools began, as a um as a way to educate children because children were being put to work in the mines and the mills and the factories from you know six and seven and eight years old and so they didn't have time for proper schooling the industrial age had just run over them and their rights and their personhoods so on Sunday there would be teaching reading and writing and such but there also had to be church and so they would find a way to spiritualize all of this And by the way, atheists and agnostics had their Bible schools too, but they didn't call them Bible schools. They were Sunday schools. So there were people that said, well, if we do Sunday schools, it'll mean parents won't be teaching their children scripture anymore. They had a point. How many do? How many parents teach their children how to walk with Jesus? And how many leave it to the youth minister Or to the children's program. We homeschooled our kids for the majority of their schooling life not because we were opposed to public education at all, not because we thought schools were terrible things, but because I was always on the move. My wife uh, was going back to university for a while and such and so having them with us made a lot of sense and I loved being with them and seeing the lights come on when they learn something new. And one of the things that we were all just constantly asked was, well, how are you going to socialize your child? And my response was, we don't let the state do that. We take them places. We show them things. They get to see other countries. They get to hear other languages. They get to meet people who aren't all their age and from their neighborhood. They get exposed to a lot more that way. Well, there's some parts of me that when I look at people that'll say, well, you know, we really have to, when we're looking for church, we want to have this massive program that I understand. And there are parts of that that bother me. Absolutely. Your kids need a community. Absolutely. Your kids need good people. But are we hiring somebody else to do our religious work and our socializing work for us? That's an open-ended question. I'm not making an accusation because truly every single family situation is is very different. And the challenges they're facing and the kind of kids they have. And the educational or the situational or the characterological background of the parents is completely unique. So truly, I would never judge another family's decision in this. But we always, I, I believe we need to ask ourselves... Am I trying to hire somebody to do this for me? And if so, then that's a problem. I should be stepping up. I should be learning more. And if I'm unable to, if I'm intellectually or my time or whatever, I just can't, well, then we we will go to second best. By the way, some of this answer changes whenever they hit the teen years because they desperately need friendship and they need grown-ups who are not parents of their parents to to get new perspectives and ideas as they're growing up. And churches can be a very safe place for that as we've also seen in some places they can be a horrific place for that when people abuse their positions to harm children. But I think we can agree that the majority go through unharmed. But it does still separate from parents and so I would just suggest ask yourself the question is this me getting rid of my responsibility or is this me fulfilling the responsibility i have the best i can and only you can make that decision and if i or anybody else judges you we're wrong we're dead wrong and you should tell us so if you want to you don't have to you can think somebody's wrong and not bring it up it's amazing that we used to do that before the internet But there's a real problem in so many churches because they hire a minister to do it all. Think of Acts 6. Serious issue. You can go back to when we studied that in our midweek Bible classes. Serious issue about feeding the poor and taking care of the widows. When they bring it to the apostles, the apostles said, pick people and fix it. They didn't take care of it for them. They told them, take care of it. When people come to me and they'll say, we love our safe Harbor. We'd like to have more community though. I get it. And we are working on the software to be able to, without violating anybody's privacy to if somebody is, let's say, is in what um, Detroit and they want to be able to meet with Christians, but they'd like to be able to meet with anybody who might be from our safe Harbor. We want to be able to email that region right now. Our software is just really, not helpful, uh, email that region and say, if you're willing for us to share your email with anybody else in this, this area, let us know because we don't want to violate anybody's privacy. We never have. And we, we never will, if I'm able to keep a lock on this thing. And, And we have been so far, all of us believe this, but that way you might be able to meet with some others in your region. But one other thing I always put when somebody goes, we'd like to have more community is why don't you form one? You're supposed to give and tithe and you're supposed to be sacrificial. Yes. And we do have at this stage when I'm recording this three full-time employees and one half-time employee just to keep things running. And if any one of them is sick during the week, we're done. We can't, we can't get it up there and put it out all, or, and do our work. So we're, we're bare bones. But I can't form your community for you. Why don't you make friends with neighbors, people from your school group, people from work, people where you shop and invite them to listen to a couple Monday morning messages or join you for a worship. We have people who only use the, the music. And when I start preaching, they cut off and they do their own thing. We have other people that do their own thing And then bring me on to be the sermon. We have churches that use either the Monday morning message or a Sunday stuff or a Wednesday stuff. And by the way, churches, we really appreciate you using it. And if you can contribute, since you're, you're we're saving you some funds and allowing you to keep your brick and mortar. We don't have brick and mortar. We, and we don't want it either, but you could help us. That's up to you. We never bill. We don't put anything behind a paywall. It's a rule of mine and we don't copyright any of my work ever. Never have, never will. So just be aware of that. But if you can share, share, but here's the thing, build your community, get them in your house or go to their house or sit around in the backyard. Make your new community local, interactive, meaningful. Well, what if you're super shy? I get that. I'm an introvert. If you see me talking, I'm working. When I'm done with these things or done on a Sunday morning, I don't talk much. I love driving for 10 hours because it means I can just be quiet. But I wasn't put on this earth for me. So your funds have allowed me to do this and help build community where I am. We have a very active, very close team at the, at the sound stage, but a very open team because we'll take anybody who walks in the door. We're not a closed team. I'm able to do that because God told us to do that. But sharing money with ministers, hiring ministers, hiring expertise is absolutely fine as long as you don't lay your responsibilities by and say, they'll do it. You are to visit the sick. You are to build community. You are to share the gospel. And if you do it through this format, wonderful. We love it. Thank you. Uh, But you are to Be out there making followers of Christ. You can do this. And if you need help, get in touch. We'll work on that together. You can write me at patrick at rsafeharbor.com. But for now, hope I've answered the question. Hope you've enjoyed it. God bless you. And we shall talk to you the next time.